Okay, we live. Alicia, say something. Hello, check one, two, one, two. I see green. So we good. Hey, so I'm okay. so excited. I'm so excited. Today is the day we come together, you guys. I am so excited about today's episode. I got a very special guest and today's content is going to be lit. It's going to be super fire. I cannot wait. And so I just want to um, get a chance for her to introduce herself. But I first, I got to do my housekeeping. Welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's work. I'm your host, Janelle Renee. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to all my loyal listeners. All, hey, girl, hey. And to all my new listeners, welcome to our new community. We hope that you just um, get comfortable, relax, enjoy, and just receive whatever the Lord is speaking. We welcome you here. It's a safe place. It's a place where we talk about all different topics. Today, we're talking about being anchored in our identities. So sit back, kick your feet up, and let's get some wisdom from our special guest, Alicia Nicole. Um, of course, share, share, share the podcast. If you're listening live, um, even if you listen to the replay, share it um in whatever platform that you're listening on if you can comment if you can like share please do that help us to get more visibility um and yes share it to somebody who needs to hear it you know your sister your girl your friend your co-worker uh, we all need to be free we all need to be anchored in our identity in christ as women of god and so we want to make sure we get the message out there amen and so without further ado, I'm going to let Alicia Nicole take it away. I'm going to let her introduce herself to the people. And I want you guys to just give a warm welcome to my girl. <laughs> well, thank you. I am honored to be here, to be a part, to share. Um, my name is Alicia Nicole, as uh, Janelle said. I go by Alicia for all of my friends. So you guys are my friends. Janelle's my friend. And so... If you're friends of hers, you're friends of mine. So you can call me Alicia. Mm -hmm. um, I am a teacher, speaker, writer. Um, I also hold uh, an executive seat um, for a global church ministry. Um, and so I wear a lot of different hats. God has been um, gracious and merciful to me. So that's me. Oh, she's so modest. That's so cute. Her little bio. Oh, uh, you know, I'm gonna pick on her because she, she's not my friend. She's really like my sister. We've been knowing each other 15 plus years. Um, we really, you know, this is my day one, you know, and so, um, you know, she's just an amazing person, um, amazing friend, amazing sister. And I'm just so honored to have her on the podcast and honored to have her in my life. And she has just so much wisdom she's such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and even her experience um in her faith and just as a woman of god and just um maturing and growing and and just me being able to watch you know i think it's something when you hear somebody give their testimony but when you see their testimony play out it just gives you a whole nother perspective and i've had um a front row seat to a lot of uh her transitions that she's gone through and so i'm just excited to see how god has just really been true to his word in her life and so um yes i just want you guys to know that that she is truly going to come with the fire she's going to be trans transparent because y'all know here on the podcast we keep it hot we keep it honest, open, and transparent. Uh, we talk real talk um, because the goal here is for us to be free, to be healed, to become whole, and to understand that you're not alone, right? Uh, we all go through circumstances. We all have questions. We all have our ebbs and flows and our Christianity and life. And so you, you're not alone. And so it's always good to hear someone else and have hear their testimony and perspective. So, all right, Alicia. 
So do you have anything you want to add before we get into the tea? I don't. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's get it. So one of the first things I want you to kind of talk about is just give us a backstory of just how your journey like began, like just kind of like the more recent or you can go back as far as you want to go, wherever you feel comfortable. But where do you feel like um, the listeners a good place to start? Right. To kind of give them a, a direction of kind of what led you where you are today. Yeah. So with the title of this episode being called Anchored, I'm going to go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, as Janelle has already alluded to, we've known each other for a really long time. So um, and we've had up close and personal seats to each other's journeys. And so if I'm missing anything or leaving anything out, you feel free to kind of just interject. Okay. Um, so I would say that really my journey began probably about. 12 to 13 years ago mm-hmm. um I got saved when I was 16 but my journey in going deep with the Lord talking about being anchored really began, began about 12 13 years ago when I was just really in a place of brokenness there were a lot of things happening in my life that caused me to come to a place where my heart was just shattered I mean just told like the pieces mm-hmm. were just everywhere okay the dust and the debris of my heart was scattered just every which way broken relationships challenges at work unsure of who I was knowing the stock that I came from but not sure where I fit into that not sure what what God's plans were for me feeling like God wasn't listening to me like he wasn't answering my prayers like he really didn't I know he created me and he shaped me and he formed me, but feeling like maybe he didn't know me all that well because of feeling mm-hmm. like, you know, the things that were in my heart and in my mind, the goals and aspirations that I have for myself, they just seemed so far away, if even possible. And I, I think that my journey on becoming anchored really began from a place of desperation, mm-hmm. um, just being desperate for something different, being desperate for some kind of win okay yeah. whether if it was a small win a big win I, I just was desperate and so I would say that's really where it began my life of course took a series of turns in those 12 to 13 years but um recently um I just got to a place where I, I have learned how to walk with the Lord I've learned mm-hmm. how to to move according to what I believe he's saying to me um, I just believe that we serve a God that will course correct us if we are have mm-hmm. pure intentions um, in in following his word. But maybe we get it a little bit wrong. He'll course correct us. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken a lot of leaps of faith in my journey. And the most recent one that I took was about two years ago. I left my job unsure of what was next. Um I knew that God was calling me away from where I was, but I wasn't sure what he was calling me to. And a lot of us like the security of what I'm going to, what I'm journeying to, not just what I'm leaving. Yes. And, um, and so I just stepped out on faith and and where that landed me for a period of time was unemployed. <laughs> I left my job. Um, I was unemployed for 10 months and I knew that God called me away. Again, didn't know what to, but I knew that what he was calling me to, although I didn't have all the details, I knew that it was going to be significant. Um, I I have a business and I assumed that it was it had something to do with my business. The guy was going to blow on my business. I had all these thoughts. All I knew for sure was that it was going to be significant. That was all I knew mm. for sure. And um, that was the only resolve that I had in my heart 
um, was that whatever's next is going to be big and it's going to mean something huge for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And um, I just went on a journey with God and much to my total and complete surprise, I got a call out of the blue um, to take this. Uh, <clears throat> I sit in the executive seat. And yes, Janelle, actually, believe it or not, about one week before I got this call out of the blue um, with this job offer, Janelle said to me, we, I think we were in prayer one day, maybe. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, because listen, I was finna go get some kind of job. I, I, I don't know what kind, but some kind, because I was over it. I had bought a house not too long before that, maybe about a year before that. And I was like, God, you blessed me with this house. I believe it was a gift from you. I can't pay my mortgage. Like, this is not a blessing. The math wasn't math it, okay? The math ain't math it. I was like, I'm out of here, okay? And Janelle was like, don't give up. She was so sweet. <laughs> don't give up. Don't don't throw it. I'm, I'm telling you, just wait. Just wait. I just feel so strongly that your name is being spoken in rooms. I'll never forget this. Your name is being spoken in rooms that Holy you don't Spirit. know of. And, and, and your name is being spoken to people who have decision-making power, who are influential. And, and she just went on and on and Holy on. And, I, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I might have said it to her. I was like, hmm, okay. She do. She, she say that little, you know, she had this way when she really ain't she'll say that but she like being sarcastic a little bit and i just like okay i ain't say nothing else i just like okay lord and to be to be honest i probably got off of the phone with her hung up and started looking for jobs <laughs> i probably did i mean like okay god if you're gonna do it let me see it in yeah. the meantime i'm gonna keep doing what i know how to do yeah. and so um probably about a week after we had that conversation i got a when i say a call out the blue from somebody who at the time I had never had, I knew of, but I had never had a one-on-one -on -one personal conversation with. And they called me and said, um, we're looking to fill this role. And I've been praying about it. Let's see, this happened in like the spring of last year. It's around this and time, actually, because it was, you it called was. me on Hayden's birthday, his birthday next Thursday. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. And and he said, he said, I've actually been praying about this since the fall. And in prayer, I heard your name. And he had started having conversations with people um, oh, about who I was and Thank you. You know, all the <laughs> things. And so that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am now. Um, just an, a, a brief overview anyways. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful, though, because it just really talks about the faithfulness of God. And even when we are not as anchored in a thing, but the Bible says faith the size of a mustard seed, right? And so it still came to pass, even though you probably physically or your conscious mind didn't receive it, but your spirit obviously did. And so you were able to see the manifestation of that. And I don't take no credit, y'all. I was doing that, <clears throat> like just being, because you know how I be sometimes, but that was Holy Spirit because I'm not that smart. <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, just literally, it just came into my spirit because I think it's too because this is why it's important, sisters. You gotta have faith friends. Like, even in being anchored in your identity, what helps you to stay anchored is those people that you have around you. And we, because we're so close, we just have like, um, the Lord will oftentimes really speak things to me for her. And it's because she's so connected, like we're just so connected. 
and we're like sisters and so i i carry her sometimes like what she's going through and i'm in prayer for her and so the lord he just is gracious in that way because he knows my my heart for her is so pure and i want to see her like it it hurt me if she hurting you know what i mean because it's my people so the lord just will use me oftentimes and he'll just say something because he's been doing that for years like it's so profound because like before i even knew what what the prophetic was like i remember what she told me after i said something to her one time and it literally came to pass verbatim like what i said and i was like what is that like i don't know what prophetic is like i didn't even know but um that's that's why you really want to have faith friends you got to have friends that really got your back and truly is walking with god too in their personal life so they can hear and maybe you can't hear maybe you know your emotions and you you know you're in the midst of the circumstance and you can't hear for yourself so the lord will speak to those people who are really close to you so you want to have those faith friends because i'm telling you them them faith friends will help you stay anchored in your position and your purpose in your identity, in your relationship with God, um, because they'll speak that wisdom. Um, even if it's something you don't want to hear, you know, they'll speak it in love. And, um, you know, we'll be able to have these kind of moments where we can see the manifestation of what the Lord has spoke to her. So I, I'm just honored that God will even use me. And so um, one thing I want to ask is, so what does being anchored mean to you? So um, I thought about this. You you sent me the questions a little bit earlier, so I took some time to really think about it. And when I think about being anchored, I literally think about an anchor on a boat. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about, first of all, an anchor. This can, We can go a lot of different ways with this, but no, an girl. anchor really only needed when you're out in dangerous places. Mm. Um, but I thought about the sea. I thought about a boat. I thought about, you know, what, what, what an anchor does for a boat. It offers it safety. It offers it security. It mm -hmm. offers it stability in a sense. And it offers it the freedom to take risks. So you can make certain turns knowing that if, like I mentioned earlier, if for whatever reason I make a turn that kind of takes me off the path, the anchor is going to pull me back. The mm -hmm. anchor is going to bring me back to uh, a, a place of safety and good. I think being anchored is really just that that intestinal um, stability that you have I think there's some things and you can testify to this when I when I first moved to Georgia I've kind of been all across the country but when I first moved to Georgia I went through a really trying time and I remember describing my experience as almost like a if you could just envision this for a second, like a pitcher of water, life was the pitcher of water and I okay. was the glass. Mm -hmm. At the bottom of the glass was the, this is literally what I used to see in my mind. At the bottom of the glass was the word faith. Mm. And the pitcher of water were all the various pressures and stresses mm. and challenges and complexities mm -hmm. that come with life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the whole pitcher of water was just being poured into the glass and the faith at the bottom, the foundation of my glass was was bulging the word faith was literally bulging uh, bulging under all the pressure of life but it wow. never burst that's a word y'all and i think that an anchor is that thing it's that sustaining abiding thing that is always there that keeps you safe that keeps you encouraged that that keeps you hopeful 
that things will turn in your favor at some point. Mm, that's good. So when we think about specifically our identity, um, and I think identity is something that is so important to talk about because we are in a dispensation of time where there are so many alternatives or opportunities of things that can contribute or people will allow to contribute to their identity and um, being a woman of God, right? And having your identity anchored in Christ, anchored in the Bible, anchored in, you know, the word of God, like how does, what does that look like? You, even just for you personally. Having your identity work anchored in the word, anchored in who God is. I, I think that you, there's no way for you to know who you are outside of the origins of who you are. It's just yeah. impossible. Yeah. And um, because there's some things that spring up in your life, that spring up in you. If you, if you are, even if you're disconnected from your origin, I know people who are adopted, that there are certain characteristics and elements mm -hmm. of who they are, that when they meet their adoptive parent, it's like, oh, wow. Now I see where this yeah. comes from, where this proclivity comes from, where this yeah. mannerism comes from. And so there, you really, you really cannot know the fullness of your identity of who you are outside of the origins of who you are. And for us, yes, origins are our natural parents, but origins are also our spiritual parents and our spiritual parent is God. Yeah. And so, um, so you, you really can't know who you are outside of that. Now, I think that I was kind of, um, I don't want to say force, but but I definitely entered into uh, a knowledge or started to come into a knowledge of my identity based on who God was out of a state of desperation. Um, I mentioned earlier, me being anchor kind of came out of a, a place of desperation. And in that journey, I began to learn more of the fullness of God's character, who he is. And who he who he is illuminated who I am. And so just being on that journey, it allowed for me to uh, it, it was almost like an unintentional consequence of this desperation that I experienced. I just began to dive into God. And as I dove into God, I dove into his character. And as I dove into his character, I actually dove into my own character. And um, it took. It's, I mean, it's a journey. It's a process. I feel like I'm still going through it, but it definitely took a long time for me to come to a place yeah. of actually recognizing like, oh, no, this is who God called you to be. He gave yeah. these things to you on purpose for a reason, for his kingdom, for his glory. Um, so I think that I think that identity, finding your identity and who Christ is, is essential to um one to, um, I would say, I think a lot of times men fail us, and by men I mean human beings. Yes, yes. They fail to affirm who we are. They fail to actually see who we are. They fail to acknowledge all of who we are. And I think that me finding my identity in Christ was a, it was a fail-proof plan. Mm. Ooh, that's for good. Me to be affirmed in who I was. That's I, good. I would never be let down. I knew that I would never be rejected. I knew that I would never be put off, you know, hold on, maybe just not right now. I knew that would never happen. Um, and so I, I think that, yeah, if I could say 
one thing, one benefit about finding my identity is Christ is safety. Mm. That's a, that's a word um, because I was watching this other podcast um, a few months ago and he, um, his podcast is really centered all around relationships and just his going on his own personal journey of discovering, uncovering and uh, something, I forgot the third word, uh, his, you know, love or whatever for himself. But one of the things in one of his interviews with a guest, um, he was talking about one of the number one things for a woman, one of the number one things a woman need is to feel safe. So, and he was talking even from a human perspective like in a relationship with her man like if a woman feels safe then she's more apt to open up she's more apt to be feeling comfortable she's more apt to you know submit she's more apt to you know just do and be in her role and and be comfortable in that because she feels safe and so when you said safety I'm like oh yeah that's good because I think when we have a lot of experiences whether it's with our parents whether it's in relationships, whether it's in friendships where people have disappointed us or we did not feel safe, you really, it takes, at least for me, speaking for me, it took me a, a long time to feel safe with God um, because I had just, you, when it's people that you assume supposed to love you and supposed to be there, right, and supposed to keep you safe, and when they fail to do that, and now, and especially if it's a parent, and now you're looking at God, and he's your heavenly father, and he's a parent to you, it's sometimes not easy to transition from, but he's not human, that he's not a man, and so, and that he doesn't have the ability or capacity to disappoint you, to fail you, you know, um, to not protect you like a human does, um, because humans are fallible and they are limited. Um, it's so important to get, I think, that revelation as women to understand that with God, you are safe. Um, so that I think that was that was just good. At least that was good for me, girl. <laughs> and so so let's talk about because we're talking about being anchored and, you know, the importance of that and what that may look like and how you came to be. But have there been any moments in your journey where you felt like you were a little bit shaky in being anchored or that you weren't anchored at all? Um, maybe due to a disappointment, maybe due to, you know, some kind of failed expectation, um, even, you know, with God all the time <laughs> all the time i think that it's just a part of the journey right yeah it's a part of the journey being uh unsure uncertain you know we serve a god that is great and that is mysterious mm-hmm and when you go on an adventure, a journey with this mysterious God, there you're bound to have experiences where you feel like, I don't really know if this is it, God. I don't, I don't really know if this, we going. I don't know if we're going in the right direction. Let me <laughs> let me drive. <laughs> let me give you some some counsel on what direction we need to be going in. Like, let me use the GPS. Let me be the yeah, GPS. It's <laughs> not it. Um, I think very often I've had experiences like that. Um. I would say disappointment is definitely something that I've dealt with over the years um, or experience. Let me say it that way, that I have experienced over and over and over again. And um, 
it is, I think disappointment is probably one of the top barriers to us experiencing the destiny that God has assigned for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, it's a natural part of life, but if we don't learn resilience, how to bounce back from it, mm-hmm. it can sabotage our futures. Mm-hmm. And for me, disappointment <clears throat> really took a toll on my journey. It took a toll on my mind, on my heart, on my security of myself, on my esteem. Um, question, I, I question God a lot a lot like one surely you could have taught me this lesson another way i'm positive (laughs) like you are sovereign almighty god king of all kings lord of all lords god of all gods you could have done this another way but um i think learning how to embrace embrace the mystery of the journey i also think remembering um so i started counseling several years ago, which has been very helpful for me. And one of the key things that my counselor said that I'll never forget, and it sounds so simple, but it's so profound. There is a God and it's not me. Oh, say that again for the people in the back. There, there is a God and it is not me. And that Ooh-wee. very simple saying just reminds me of God's sovereignty. Yeah. It reminds me of his providence. It reminds me that, oh, you are not Lord over your own life, so you don't get to say what happens and how it happens. It reminds me that we serve a God that sits high, looks low, and he, uh, my pastor, um, who I actually just saw was on this live at some point, um, my pastor. Hey, pastor. (laughs) (laughs) He pastored me in California. He probably remembers saying this, but I remember him saying that God counsels us from a place of full knowledge. Mm. So, God. That the things that he, the things that he either initiates or permits, it is from a place of full knowledge. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows where he needs to get you. And he knows just how much to allow to help get you there. Mm-hmm. So I think that that phrase, there is a God and it's not me, helps me to remember all of that. Um, but I mean, even still now to this day, there are times where I'm like, mm, God, mm, I don't know. But I think what helps with that is developing a track record with God. Mm. You have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to look foolish because I, you can testify to this. There are some things that, that I have believed that God said to me, that I still believe that God said to me, that I'm still waiting to see the manifestation of. And it Ooh. sounds very foolish to people, but I'm willing to take the risk because I have Jesus. given God my That's yes. Good. And as I've grown and matured, mm. yes, my, my word means something different than what it means used to mean. Um, mm. and, and so I've given God my yes. And because I've given God my yes, I'm willing to even look foolish for the things that I believe that he has said. And my so, God. um, and so I think that that has helped to kind of, um, you know, undergird my strength in those times of wavering and questioning. And I want to mm. say again, those moments of questioning and wavering, they're normal, right? We are human. We serve a supernatural God. We serve a mysterious Amen. God. We Amen. serve a God who knows and sees things that we are completely naive to. And so, of course, some things that he permits um, may seem foolish to us. Yeah. But it just kind of comes with the territory of being flawed human beings serving a perfect God. 
Absolutely. And um, maybe we can just kind of um, delve into a little bit, like maybe for a woman who is a babe in Christ, you know, maybe she's just come to Christ or she's recommitted her life and she's trying to figure out what are some practical ways to get to get that resilience, you know, to have that bounce back, you know, when, when those waves, you know, like Paul talked about, you know, how they buffeted him, you know, them waves was coming, you know, but you still, you know, got to continue to find your way back, you know what I mean? And just get back onto that, in, onto the path and, and keep going. And, and sometimes it's just easier said than done. But what are, you know, maybe a, a couple practical ways that um, a woman is able to get those skills to be able to have that bounce back? That's a great question that I didn't anticipate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's how, they, that's how we flow. I'm sorry. But you got to apologize. It's all good. I think some ways to begin to practice resilience is, um, I think the first way is to practice hearing God. Mm. I think that when you have, you may not be a hundred percent sure, but when you, when you have just a little bit of confidence, just a little bit that you heard mm. from the Lord, that it's almost like that. My, my mom used to talk about the, the punching bag, the air punching bag that has sand down in the bottom. Mm-hmm. That when you punch it, it will knock down, but it'll slowly rise back up. When you, mm. when you have just a little bit of confidence that you actually heard the Lord, you may waver a little bit. Life may knock you down, but something on the inside of you is going to rise back up. Because there, there, there is something very different and unique about believing that you heard God. So, and so I would say that's the first thing. Practice hearing God. Practice moving on what you hear, what you believe you hear. Um, I would say another way to practice resilience is... To be a woman of your word. Whoa. <laughs> be a woman of your word. If you say that you're going to do something, even if it's something small, show up, do it. Or if you're unsure that you're unable to do it, don't say that you will be able to do it. Yes. Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. There's a scripture in Psalms. Um, I'm going, I, I can't remember if it's 15 or um, 24. Um, I want to say 15. I want to say it's 15 that says um, be a person that keeps your word, even if it hurts. And it takes some time to get to that point where you you can, where you can be that type of person, but it takes practice. And I think that how resilience ties into being a person of your word is that, when you have said some, yes to something and the winds blow and the storms come and the challenges come and the, you know, it, all the different things that fight against the thing that you believe, when you have said yes, your yes is going to carry you way farther mm. than you could ever imagine. So I think, I think that's another way you can practice resilience is learn how and practice being a person of your word. I think that's great advice because one thing I found um, in this journey, the moment you give God your yes, seemed like that storm just be coming out of nowhere. And that thing be one of them fierce storms. <laughs> you be like, wait, Lord, hold on. I didn't, 
I didn't think it was going to go like this, though. All I said was yes. I didn't think I was going to get into some immediate warfare. I didn't think the bottom was going to fall out. You know, I didn't think, you know, my relationship was going to fall apart. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think I was going to go to work and get fired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it'd be all of these things that come because the it's coming against the word, though. Like, we always feel like the warfare is really toward us, but it'd be that word that the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy, trying to rob that word, trying to rob that faith. So I think that's so good because you need to be able to withstand because unfortunately it's coming. Like we can't sit up here and, you know, just try to, you know, rock you to sleep and tell you, no, nah, it ain't going to, it's going to come, but you have to be able to endure to the end. It is those that endure to the end that shall reap the reward. So um, that is great, great, great. Can um, I add something else to that? Oh, you sure can have to be willing to make a sacrifice mm -hmm. so i think being a person being a person of your work comes with sacrifices mm -hmm. and if you're not willing to let something die or to kill something if you're not willing to lose something you you and it's okay I, we will rather you be honest come on now be cold if you cold yeah. be hot if you hot <laughs> listen okay. But don't say that, yes, you're going to do this or yes, you're going to be that. Yes, you're going to serve God in this way. Don't say that if you don't plan to do it, because it always 100 percent of the time comes with a sacrifice. And I concur to that. I'm yeah. a living witness. It is so yeah. true. You can practice. You can practice um, living a life of sacrifice by living a life of self-denial, learning how to say no to yourself. That's the beginning of learning how to sacrifice. Mm, that's great. I hope you guys are taking notes because she's giving jewels. I told you guys it was going to be a great epic um, episode and she was going to drop so much knowledge because these are things that we may not think about in our day to day or in our relationship with God. You know, we just sometimes are looking for, you know, how do we do this or that? But we can't we don't know how to really understand how to really put it in place. And so some of these things you can take and apply it. To your to your own relationship and your own walk and you can begin to see some fruit and it's a practicing of it it's not overnight you know you just learn to you know walk it out learn to you know implement you know as you go forth so you know it's it's a journey you know it's not a you know one all end all be all you know we're not going to ever arrive until we're in heaven so we're we're constantly should be you know evolving we should constantly be going from faith to faith from glory to glory you know you should constantly be maturing in the faith right you should no longer be on milk you should be eating meat by now you should be preaching and teaching you shouldn't still be on similac okay you got to grow and in order to do that you got to be willing to go through the hard parts of the journey it's in those hard parts that you're really being shaped and molded and that God is really refining you and you're going to come out as good as gold. And it hurt. You know, I don't like it. I be, I tell God, like, I don't know about y'all, but I be like, listen, I don't like this. This, this don't feel good. You know, I, why you got, why this had to be the way, you know, but like, but you know, he knows all things and he knows us better than we know ourselves. So that is so good. So, <laughs> so let's, talk about how you became anchored in your identity because in being you're anchored in your identity in God like as a woman of God as a Christian but your identity like what God has revealed to you about who you are what he has you know created you to do because I know sometimes I know a little bit of your background they may not so maybe you want to even talk about growing up 
in a certain type of family and maybe having expectations put on you of what your identity is supposed to be based on what they think versus when God revealed to you what your identity is and how do you anchor in that but not allow those pressures from, you know, those outside forces and, you know, really influence you? Oh, I'm sorry. You asked some big questions. I know. It's just coming out. I'm sorry. It's okay. So um, just to give a little context to what she's saying, I am the daughter of a very well-known pastor um, in the church group that I grew up in and really all across the world. Um, And uh, my mother was a pastor for 40 years and before the Lord called her home and she was a dynamic woman. She was a dynamic preacher. She lived what she taught. She served people. She was a generous woman. She was Mm -hmm. a very strong presence. Um, And of course, growing up as a pastor's kid, everybody thinks you're automatically going to be a pastor. (laughs) You live in this fishbowl where people have their thoughts and their opinions and their perspectives on who you are, who you're going to be. And so I, I would say that how I learned how to anchor, how to embrace and anchor my identity was actually twofold. There was, there, there is relevance to the things that people see in you. When people mm-hmm. are um, saying, you know, I, I, I see that you're gifted in teaching, or I see that you're, you are, have wise counsel. You're, you're a person of wise counsel. I see that you have the gift of administration and they may not say it in those words. They may say it in, you know, some, some different words, but, there is relevance in that. Mm-hmm. Also have to be able to wear those things loosely, right? Take them into consideration. Take And taking them into consideration is you processing them yourself based on what you know of you. And then also taking them to the Lord. Like, okay, Lord, these people are saying blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you think? What do you say? And so I think that's one way that I was able to anchor my identity was actually paying attention to what what the what the witness was around me Mm -hmm. Um, another way that I was able to anchor my identity honestly was to to suspend my suspicion Um, I think a lot of times when you live life and you've experienced disappointment it it causes you to be suspicious about everything suspicious Mm -hmm. about what people say Mm -hmm. suspicious about okay the thoughts that are going through my mind are they my thoughts thoughts are they God's thoughts are they are they what I watched on TV last night like it causes you to just really live this life where you're constantly questioning everything and living a life where you're constantly evaluating things is not bad. But when you come to a place where you're where it where it kind of turns the corner of evaluation to distrust, leading with distrust, mm. that's when you know that you have an mm. issue. And so I think for me, I really had to suspend my suspicion. I had to suspend my my thoughts that were never ending at a certain point in my life. Um, it was almost like I can't, couldn't get a good night's rest without constantly analyzing something or asking myself questions or, you know, well, sisters, such and such and so-and-so said this. Well, what do I think about this? Well, if this is true, then that can't be true. I mean, just going on and on yeah. and on. Um, and I think that taking all of those things, my questions, my thoughts, my considerations, what other people were were saying, back to the Lord, like, okay, Lord, if this is true, can you confirm this? Can you affirm Mm. this? Can you show me? And the Lord is gracious. 
Yes. He is gracious. He is kind. He is merciful. And if you ask him to do something, while it may not be on your timetable, he will do it. Be like, listen, <laughs> I'm still like, <laughs> like, are you on human time or are you at spiritual time? <laughs> <laughs> and so I think those are two two ways that I've learned how to embrace my identity. I think another way is just learning how to learning how to embrace the things about me that other people have rejected right there's, Ooh, there's that's loaded that. girl you know you talking about me you getting loaded over there i mean it's true there's yeah. things that people have um have have rejected about mm-hmm. who we are yeah um that has caused us to be insecure about those things Mm. and I had to take that pain to the Lord and say okay Lord what does this mean is this about me or is it about that other person and can you help me understand is this true about me whether it's good or bad right because Mm -hmm. I I will I'll I mean we 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 transparent here so I would just say um there for a long time, there's a, a person who used to call me selfish and a um, person close to me. And my, my mother used to always say, um, you're not selfish. You just know what you want. Mm. This is from childhood. I'm talking about back we high. Yeah. She used to always say, you're not selfish. You just know what you want. And for a long time, I lived with this deep insecurity of being selfish that drove me to doing things and actually embracing characteristics about characteristics about myself that really weren't me because I was trying to undo this label that had been placed on me and um and really what I've learned my mom said this to me before probably a couple months before she passed which was so meaningful to me we were on a walk um, and for those of you who don't know, my mom passed from cancer, so she was her her health was declining. So at this point, she was very, you know, um, she didn't have a lot of physical strength, but mm-hmm. she was very intentional about going for her daily walk. And I'd taken her on a walk. This was a couple months, like I said, before she passed. And she said to me, she said, she said, you are a pioneer, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have to learn how to be okay with who God created you to be. Come on now. And that was so freeing for me. Because for so long, I lived with this label, and it was almost as if when she said that, it was like this thing that people have misunderstood, Mm. selfish, was really the thing, and I had to learn how to manage it properly, but it was really the thing that God has put in me to be a leader, to be a pioneer, and to be a person that that has deep capacity right mm-hmm. people who know what they want and they know what i'm very part when i see things i may not know exactly how to give you all the details of what i want but when i see it i know i know yeah and um and and that kind of comes with this own misunderstandings people may like i said people thought i was selfish for a long time and i think that being able to take those hurt places in me back to God 
and really ask him. Like I said, I dealt with this for a very long time, and it wasn't just until a couple years ago. My mom just passed a couple years ago that I really began the Lord. I really began to sense the Lord healing that in me. Um, It was a thing, a pain that I carried for a very long time, and I took it back to the Lord, and he helped me to see people just didn't understand. You know, yes, you had some work to do. You had some maturing and growing to do in order to be able to grow into these shoes that I gifted you with, right? But it it is me that gave this to you. Mm. Being able to embrace that, being able to embrace God, get God's gifts no matter what other people say, I think help help me to anchor my identity. Everything you said is good, and I I can almost guarantee that. There are some of our sisters who may just needed to hear that, you know, and even hearing that you can be misunderstood, but that doesn't mean that that thing, that virtue, that characteristic, that quality that may be being misunderstood is not something that you got placed in you and that he's going to use and that you need to go forward in your purpose and be who he called you to be. And even to stay in that vein, I just kind of want to talk about um, for a moment how do you deal with the rejection that came with feeling re- like with that being re- with being rejected based on that particular perception? Um, because once, at least what I found is one thing when you don't know your identity, it's like you, you, you're, you're open to having just so many different people, situations, relationships, kind of things, because you're really not sure, you're not anchored, you know, you don't really have a distinction, a standard so much, you're kind of more open. But when you are actually 100% anchored in your identity, you, you now you, you look at things differently. Now you look at your relationships, your friendships, you know, everything you do now is coming out of the lens of who you know that you are. And, um, you know, I think that sometimes that can bring separation. It can bring what looks like rejection. Um, and so how do we, um, you know, handle that or what are some ways you handle, um, some situations that you may have had? Rejection is, um, probably next to disappointment is probably another destiny killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way that I dealt with rejection was probably in a couple ways in that particular situation that I just shared. I really just took it to the Lord. Like I carried that burden in my heart for a very, very long time. And it was heavy. Like every day my heart felt heavy every day. My mind was heavy one because a part of me was like, Lord, I don't want to be a selfish person. If I'm selfish, yeah. help me to correct that. You know, I, yeah. I, I really seek to live a life that is honoring to you. That's honoring to your people. I want to be a person of generosity. Like I don't, I don't want, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be this person. But the other thing is like, Lord, help me to see, am I really, I, I started having to ask people like share kind of experiences. Yeah. Like, you asked me that weird stuff. I don't know what I said like, when you asked me. <laughs> was that being, was that, was that selfish of me? Like, because I, I actually really started to just be unsure about everything that I did. Did you see how something can get in your head? <laughs> Some somebody else think or perceive yeah. how it can really get to affecting you in your own head. And it may yeah. not even be true. It's just their perception. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think what the Lord, so I took it to the Lord. And what the Lord began to show me is this person is labeling you as selfish this person is is identifying the things that you do as selfish without understanding your heart 
without understanding mm. your mindset behind it, without understanding the circumstances surrounding decisions that you made. They are wow. looking from the outside in, placing a label on you without understanding all that you carry and all that you deal with. Mm. That was the first revelation that was that the Lord kind of began to help heal some of that hurt. And it was it was really like illuminating for me, like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, OK, yes, I can see how. Yeah. How an assumption without an explanation can mm. lead to a level. Wow. An assumption um, without an explanation leading to a label. I think somebody needs to write that down. Because they might, because I I feel like we deal with rejection a lot, especially when you can be looked at as a strong woman or a strong black woman, um, because you are anchored in your identity, you you have that tunnel vision, that focus, you know what you want, um, you're clear on the destination, the destiny that where God is leading you, um, that can be misinterpreted um, from a lot of different directions and understanding and not personalizing and internalizing it. But understanding that maybe it's the way the lens they're looking out of, you know, or maybe it's the expectation that they put on you that they didn't even that you didn't even know was put on you. And so learning how to be free in that everything that someone projects on you is not your problem. And that's what that would be was the next thing I was going to say. So let me just go through. So I engaged God. I engage other people and then I engage myself. So mm. I often was doing self reflection and self assessment. Okay, was this selfish? Was this? And then if I couldn't figure it out on my own or if God didn't kind of speak to me and reveal like if, whether something was selfish or not, I would engage other people in the conversation. And as I mentioned earlier, I started counseling. And one of the things that my counselor said to me that revolutionized <laughs> how I, you know, engage in this conversation about re- rejection. She said that a lot of times uh, she she said, don't take things. This is actually one of the four agreements, which I don't necessarily agree with all of the everything about the four agreements. But this right here revolutionized my thinking. Don't take things personally. The, the usually the way that people respond to you has more to do about them than you. Mm-hmm. That thing set me free. Because what I started to realize was that, especially with the intentionality that I was putting into being intentional, being self-aware, um, that right there set me free because it's like, I'm doing everything that I know how to do. I'm fasting. I'm in prayer. I'm talking to the Lord 24-7. I'm constantly, you know, I can't hardly sleep at night because I'm constantly trying to analyze and evaluate is what I did, you know, selfish or was it generous or was it loving? Was it kind? And I carried this thing for so long and until I finally realized maybe there's something going on with the other person. Maybe maybe it doesn't have maybe it may have a little bit to do with you, but maybe it doesn't have as much to do with you as what you thought. Mm. And that really helped me. Because I was so I again, I gave God my yes. And so if 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 I wasn't somehow behaving in a way that was contradicting my yes to God, I really wanted to figure out how to resolve that. And so I I just, I, I carried heaviness with me for so long, but that helped so much to free me from that rejection. Was was right. Now, again, hear me say, you can't just, you can't just uh, dismiss everything on, well, maybe it has something to do with them. Maybe they ain't right in the head. 
there is a self-awareness and a self-reflection that has to happen. You have to be willing to say, to question yourself. Is what I did on the up and up is what I was, what I did loving. Was it kind? Was it, you know, did it take all these different things into consideration or was it just straight up selfish? You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to be self-aware. You can't just blame everybody else without even casually. And so, um, so that that is a very important element to dealing with rejection. But another part of that is if you've done all that you can, self-reflection, giving it over to God, asking God to illuminate, you know, ways that you may have been walking in error. You've done all that you can. The next step is, well, maybe maybe it's not so much have to do with me. Maybe maybe it has a little bit to do with them. That's good. That's good. That's That's practical application to, like, get to the bottom of it like to understand where it's coming from and what it is. And, and then that way you can get that freedom, you know, you can get that, that revelation and you can be free because rejection is so oppressive. Um, It brings so much torment, you know, like you said, not being able to sleep at night, trying to overanalyze every behavior, like that's torment when you're analyzing every behavior. And then I know for me, what one thing rejection did to me, even from a young child, is it caused me to be a people pleaser. Um, because now I feel like I got to overly please and I got to overly extend myself and I got to overly compromise to make someone happy so they don't reject me, which then it caused me to not really be able to be anchored or even know my identity because I'm just too busy trying to just please everybody else. And so that's why I'm glad you even spoke on it, because I think a lot of time as women, we deal with rejection from, you know, whatever the reason is, but then we internalize it. We don't really know what to do with it. We don't know how to really, in a healthy way, process it. Maybe we don't have that outlet or we don't go to counseling or whatever the case may be. And it just, it just be like this downward spiral that ultimately affects your esteem. You know, it begins to affect your worth, your value. It begins, it just literally affects everything. Like that is like, like like that seed of rejection if you don't once that thing trying to take root if you don't lay the axe to the root of that thing immediately it's going to produce this this huge fruit in your life that that can be so detrimental to really discovering your identity and being even being anchored in your in in your identity and i'm speaking from experience because you know i'm just you know i'm the buyer by else you know what i'm saying but me redefining my worth started probably in 2020 and I had to come to the realization that I didn't know who I was I was just too consumed with being in a relationship you know trying to fit in being validated you know trying to you know just have this sense of being you know acceptance you know um and I for me I don't it may just be me for some reason, I felt like that 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 hole that I really had inside that that need for that accepting and validation and love was going to come from a relationship. So I found myself just being so overly consumed with getting into a relationship, looking to find that it's like to tr- try to fill that void that I had inside because I really didn't know who I was. And so I think as women, it's just so important to, you know, deal with those things, you know, and counseling. I'm a, I, I'm an advocate. 
go to counseling. There's nothing wrong with it. I know we live in a community. Well, used to prior to 2020, you know, now people are a lot more. Thank you. You know, I ain't a fan of what happened in 2020, but some of the outcome, like people being aware, mental health is a thing. Um, and we need to be addressing that. It's so super important. God gave people gifts of help. They, he gave people gifts of healing. And we should utilize these people to help us do the things we cannot do. So I think go to counseling, sis. If you can't handle it on your own, use prayer, the word of God, people in your life, and counseling. Use all of it because it's all it all plays a role. At least it did for me. And as she said, it did for her. So how did you, hmm, let's see. So what is some advice that you would have for like women who may be on a similar journey, you know, as you, you know, they have come to that place. They, you know, have figured out their identity. They're moving forward, you know, but maybe still got some areas where they feel like, you know, they may not be as anchored in or they're still kind of waiting on God to come through on a promise or they're still have just holding on to this idea. You know, we sometimes just have something that we're believing that God is going to do in our life. And it's this big thing. But maybe time is a factor, you know, and, and God hasn't come through yet. But how to stay the course and how to stay hopeful and faithful and and, you know, constantly have joy. And, and it ain't about perfection because come on, we're human. But, you know, it is it, it's, it's not maybe every single day, but it should be, you know, a constant. You know, how do you get into that place? So I'm going to say what a very, very wise man once said. His name is Ronald Joseph Fowler. Oh, yes. He was um, a pastor for 30 years. He was Janelle's pastor for a period of time. Very, very. Love him. Man, wise. Amazing. Yeah, very amazing. wise. And he said. The recipe to success is to aim high, Ooh. pay the price, mm. and stay the course. Wow. Repeat that. Aim high. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is church right here. It is. <laughs> pay the price. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. That part right there. Uh-huh. And stay the course. Ooh. So I think going back to being a person of your word, right, learn how to become a person of your word um, so that when those winds blow, your yes is your yes is not just a a plant that sprung up through cement, but it is anchored. It is rooted. Mm. um, I can't I'm not a uh, really into nature all like that. Bless the Lord. Um, but there are certain trees that have incredibly deep roots and they live for incredibly long lifespans. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just say deepen your roots in God and become a person of your word. Uh, I think another thing is develop a a really intimate relationship with God. Will be helpful in the sustainability Mm. your journey um because when you when you have deep ties with in a relationship to someone your your willingness to go the distance with them and or for them it 
it outweighs the challenges, it outweighs the difficulties, it outweighs the unfavorable seasons. Um, it, 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 I think, yeah, intimacy with God is vital. Because if you don't have that, when a difficult season comes, even though you may be, you know, experiencing some wins, you may be seeing some progress in your journey, when something happens, you're, you'll be easier to, it'll be easier for you to throw in a towel if you don't have those deep roots with God, if you don't have that intimacy, if you don't have that, um, that love relationship with him. I think that that is really vital to being able to, 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 to go the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and to pay the price, right? Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is not easy. We live in this as a believer anyways. You constantly live in this tug of war of a life of self-pleasure, which is the world that we live in. Yes. It's how we're socialized as human beings. Mm-hmm. As babies, we're socialized to always be comforted, to always, mm-hmm. I mean, from the time of our babies, that's how mm-hmm. we're socialized. And then mm-hmm. on the opposite end, as a believer, you you live, you live, you're supposed to live a life of self-denial. So you're constantly in this tug of war between self-pleasure and self-denial. And I think when you learn how to live a life of sacrifice and learn how to be okay with it, learn how to be okay, content with not having things that maybe you desire, um, that will help, that will make the, the buffeting winds a little bit, uh, mm. a little bit easier to deal with. Mm. Um, uh, I would also say learning how to have fun, right? Yeah. Godly fun. Yeah. The Bible says that laughter is medicine. Yes. And that joy, the joy of the Lord specifically is strength. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that when you learn how to have fun within boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Not in a way that's dishonorable to God, but when you learn how to live a life full of joy and you're able to laugh and you're able to just enjoy yourself, um, have moments of being carefree, childlike, um, I think that that really does help to soothe some of the um, frustration and agitation that can come along with this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a super practical way to be able to deal with some of the challenges um, on your journey. Um, yeah, I would say those three things. Awesome. So I know in the beginning you alluded to a little bit of living in the, you know, a manifestation of some of the promises of God, right? Because, you know, we talked about, you know, the hardships or, you know, just kind of like a little bit of the resistance, the opposition, maybe disappointment, rejection you know, that comes with life and also can come along the journey. Um, but let's talk about what is what is it like, you know, when you, the word has come become flesh, when you like that thing, you live in that thing. It ain't just, I ain't just praying for it no more. I'm not just believing for it no more. I'm not just waiting on that thing no more. I am living in it. I am living in the promise of God when he spoke to me. He is faithful to his word. You know, what is what does that look like? And how do how do you stay anchored when you're in the abundance and when you're in the promise? That's a great question. So I'll start by saying um, last year I started attending this event called Glory Invasion. So 
it's just incredible. Um, and I want to say that it was right around this time last year, I went to my first glory invasion and I heard the Lord say to me in this season, you're going to stay low. Mm, I remember you said that. And I was like, okay, but what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, at the time in, you know, in, in what was going on in that environment, it meant for me to actually get on the floor, mm. a certain position. I, I had a vision of the Lord showed me a, a, mm. a, a position that I was supposed to be laying on the floor in. And in mm. that moment, it was just a representation of what the Lord was calling me to do in order to remain anchored. At the time, I didn't know he was going to torpedo my life like this, <laughs> but in a good way, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know, but he was giving me instructions for what was to come. Mm. And so um, what I have learned that that means in order for me to stay anchored and to stay humble through mm. what, what the Lord has given me is to remain humble before him, to remain reverent before him. To continue to stand in awe of who he is and mm-hmm. all that he has done. Mm-hmm. To continue to have childlike delight in him. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I'm constantly talking to him through the day. I'm constantly praying through the day. I'm constantly, you know, in my spirit, even if I'm, you know, in business meetings or whatever. I'm constantly in my spirit in a state of praise. I'm constantly in a state of worship. I'm constantly, you know, asking the Lord to stir my spirit up for him. I'm constantly asking the Lord to reveal to me, okay, I'm in this moment right now with these people. What do you want me to say? How do you want me to handle this? Um, I just try to stay really closely connected with the Lord. And, and that's what, that's what's the, my dependency on him. Mm, having full dependency on him in every moment in every way no matter the situation could seem very just practical I I, you know this because we we walk together but I just recently went to a concert and that seems so like just go to the concert and have fun I sat before the Lord for some weeks before I bought my ticket Mm -hmm. because I'm just at a place in my life where if it doesn't honor God, if in any way it it could a little bit dishonor God, I'm just not really not interested. And so um, I think for me, that's what staying low looks like. And that's how I'm able to stay anchored. Um, I think constantly being aware that this is not my handiwork. This is God's handiwork. Mm -hmm. God has done this. There's, there's no amount of quick thinking. There's no amount of intelligence. There's no amount of creativity. There's no amount of innovation, ingenuity. There's no amount of pioneering that I could have done to, to get me to the place that I'm at now. This is God's handiwork. Um, mm-hmm. So always acknowledging that I think helps me to remain anchored and it just keeps me humble. I mean, I shoot, I was driving in my car today listening to, um, Ty Tribbett's Tiny Desk Concert and I <laughs> I was listening to a song uh, he turned it oh that's my jam Woo! that is my jam and I remember years ago when that first came out mm-hmm. I used to dance to that song God mm-hmm. hey, nothing hadn't been turned yet okay nothing 
<laughs> that's walking by faith girl oh my god but i listened to that song today and it almost brought me to tears because god really turned it come on, um, come on. and i mean that that thing stirred come my on. spirit up god it just reminded me that god is so faithful he is so yeah. faithful he is so merciful and the word merciful in the yes. Bible means kind and benevolent. God yes. is so merciful. Thank and you, for him to respond to me, yes, maybe not on my timetable, because if I had had in my way, this would have been, shoot, 20, 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but even not outside of my timetable, I'm still able to acknowledge God's goodness. I think a lot of times when God mm. doesn't do things the way that we once want him to do, mm. do them. It, it, it bursts yeah. a bitterness on the inside of yeah. us where we're unable to even acknowledge his greatness. And mm. I think that um, being able to still be content in the storm and then when the Lord brings you out, being able to praise him like, God, I wouldn't have did it this way. But hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. You know better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, staying low, staying humble before the Lord, continuing to acknowledge just his handiwork. Um, and I don't I can't remember if you asked me to share a little bit about where I am, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'll, I'll share a little bit. Yeah. Um, like good. I mentioned to you guys, I was unemployed for 10 months um, out of the blue. Somebody called me and essentially offered me a job on a platter, um, a job that a buffet probably, platter, y'all. Not just the entree, a buffet. (laughs) Okay, carry on. That is so good. So like a year before that, I had created a faith list. I had never done that before. I've done vision boards and all that kind of of thing. But I just created me a really simple faith list. I wrote it in my notes on my iPhone of like maybe five things that I, five crazy things that I thought were crazy anyways that I was asking the Lord to do. And one of them was to make... Up. I'm about to look at it because I don't want to. Come on, yeah, bring up the receipt, girl. We like receipts on the podcast. Tell y'all. Uh... Hey, it says this was my faith list in 2022. The beginning of 2022, I wrote this. This says net a minimum net. Okay, not gross, but what I actually bring in mm-hmm. after tax. Mm-hmm. net a minimum of triple what I made last year the year before that I was unemployed for probably uh, well no 2022 I was unemployed for like 8 months or so and while I didn't know the Lord would use unemployment to do it the job that uh, was offered to me allowed for me to net triple what I made the year before <laughs> make a faith list y'all <laughs> and say that thing for the Lord yeah I had I asked the Lord for a certain salary at my job mm-hmm. and oh let me let me say this before I left my job I had just been promoted to a position that met my prayer requests on my list because one of my other prayers was for the Lord to allow me to be promoted to a job that has certain responsibilities at a certain salary then I ended up leaving my job unemployed for 10 months. But the Lord blessed me with another job that was paying double what I asked for on my faith list. Um, and so I am I sit in that role today. Um, it's an executive level role for a global ministry. And um, just even God is just so good because even the. 
projects that they're asking me to oversee, every time I'm, I almost had to stop myself from being in a full Baptist fit in a meeting last week with my two peers um, who are just so professional and executive and they've been doing this for a long time and I haven't, okay? I don't know the rules and the protocol <laughs> and I I was ready to go into a full praise unto the Lord because we were having a conversation and it just struck me that the Lord, although outside of my timetable, the mm-hmm. Lord has preserved me for such a time as this. Ooh, he has preserved on. my voice. You, he has preserved Jesus. my skills. He has preserved my gifts for such a time as this. Yes. And baby, I could have laid out on the floor in the middle of that meeting, but I had to, I had to pull it together. Because I would have been in her ear like, do it. <laughs> so she can't call me during those moments because I'm like, lay on the floor. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. So that's where I am today. That's what I'm doing. Um, None of this was on my radar a a year ago. Mm -hmm. None of it. Mm -hmm. I was ready to say, to heck with all of this. I'm going back and getting jobs. Lord, I still love you, and I'm still going to serve you. (laughs) But just not being unemployed. I'm I'm just not going to do it. Because it get real. It get yeah. real, even when it's what you know God has led you to do. It don't necessarily make it easy, especially when it's over time. Like, you know, if, if it's the first month, you feel like, okay, I can thug this out. You know, so it's just, you know, but when you start getting into like months, you know, and you like now, wait, Lord, excuse me. You know, where did I hear you correctly? Now you're going back like, did I did I even hear God? Was that the devil talking to me? You know, because you like it, it just takes you to a place, and you know I know what that's like because I've had to you know give up everything, and 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 I thought in the onset like, oh okay, I can do that, because in my mind I'm like, surely God is going to replace everything and replenish me immediately. So sure, I'll give up every single thing in my house. Sure, I'll give up all my clothes and shoes and jewelry and everything that I own. Surely, I'll give the car back. Surely, I'll give up literally everything to where we had nothing. Sleeping in the house, there's nothing in there. Yeah, I'll do that. I didn't know that meant I was going to live like that for over a year. I was like, sir, where, sir, <laughs> like, where, where was, I didn't agree to this. But I, I gave him my yes, and it it took a little over a year, but he restored. You yeah. know, he don't do it on our time table all the time, but he's faithful. So um, be encouraged if anybody is in a place where you feel like you've had to give up some things, or you've had to walk away, or you gave God your yes, and then it just seemed like things are going in the opposite direction. It's normal. Um, be encouraged. Um, sometimes it's just a part of the journey. Um, it, and it came, for me, it came with, I needed, I needed to be stripped of all of that stuff. Cause a lot of that, um, was really giving me identity. Um, especially from the source of that it came from, um, the relationship I was in and the guy I was dating. So a lot of times there's something so bigger that God is doing that we, we don't actually know in the moment. And it can just seem very difficult. It can seem unfair or like you, I know I felt forgotten. I felt overlooked. I felt forgotten. You know, I felt deserted, all the things. And, um, you know, even in the word, he says to Israel, you know, I turn my face from you only for a moment, 
um, but only for a moment. But then when I come back with my peace, you know, and my joy, like even if the mountains and the, everything else pass away, my everlasting peace and joy will not leave you. You know, it's like for a moment, he may be silent or for a moment you may feel, you know, we can't trust our feelings. You may feel deserted or overlooked, but he is faithful. He will restore all the things that you gave up that you lost. Jesus said, if you give up houses, if you give up cars, if you give up, you know, your family for the gospel, you will get even more. So anything you give up or you feel like you lost, you have to know that God is going to restore. You hear her testimony. I gave a little bit of mine, which I do often just to encourage you all, um, because it's real. This journey being anchored in your identity in Christ, being anchored in your identity, period, as a woman, um, it's real, you know, going on that journey. And it, it comes with sometimes it comes with these these things that like are gut riching, like they feel like something just kicked you in the stomach and knocked all the wind out you. But God is able. So uh, go ahead. I was about to throw it back to you, girl. You're about to get the alley-oop anyway. Like, I just want to drop this real quick before we before we hop off of here. I was talking to somebody about this earlier and it just struck me again to share. Um, a lot of times we as believers, women specifically, we aspire to be the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous woman. Yeah. That word virtuous actually means an army. Mm. So we were actually created to shoulder and carry these things that we carry, the things that mm. we feel like are going to crush us, the things that we feel oh, like are going to drive us crazy, the things that we feel like want to cause us to give up, the things that disturb, come to discourage us. We were built. We were framed to carry those things. Mm. I just want, I just want that to simmer. Yeah, let that marinate on low. Let that marinate, because uh, I know I felt many a times I, like this thing is crushing me, it's killing me. I didn't told that, I didn't say those words to the Lord, like, Lord, I don't know why you're allowing this, because I can't handle this. This is killing me. It's, it's going to crush me. But it's so crazy because it didn't. It, I'm still here. And I'm on the other side, you know, and, and of course, I'm still on a journey. Um, but those very things that I thought that literally was going to take me out, I was cast down, but I was not destroyed. Right. So um, that's why, again, having these kind of conversations, having these communities, um, definitely before we hop off, Alicia, I, I still want you to uh, let the audience know, you know, more what you do, how they can connect with you on a um, personal level, you know, kind of what you do in your business. Um, give all your socials, your handles, you know, the, your contact information. And also, I would like for you to, whatever the Lord is leading you to do, whether you just want to, you know, just leave a last, you know, just real um, word of wisdom. If you want to pray, whatever it is you want to do um, as we're ending um, today's show, just go ahead and feel free. You got, you got the floor, girl. I'm, I'm going to digress. Well, again, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be able to share. Um I'm honored when anybody asks me to share, but it particularly when people who walk closely with me and they know who I am, they know my story, they know, you know, my slip ups and my failures, ask me to come and share. So I, I deeply value that. I appreciate it. Um, I can be reached uh, on Instagram at Nicole, which is spelled N-I-K-O-L underscore Alicia, spelled A-L-E-C-I-A. 
And on Facebook, it's just my name, Alicia Swoop, A-L-E-C-I-A. My last name is S-W-O-O-P-E. And I, again, I'm a teacher, I'm a speaker, I'm a writer. Um, I sit in an executive role for, again, a global ministry. Uh, I do have a business that is called Alicia Nicole, and it's really geared towards personal development for women, specifically focusing on uh, clarifying your identity and becoming confident in who God has called you to be, as well as uh, learning how resilience is a skill. So learning how to be a resilient woman. And then Mm -hmm. lastly, I focus on helping women um, on their day-to-day journeys to build their faith and to deepen their faith. Um, through the various things that they're experiencing. And so that's what I do. That's who I am right now. I, um. What's your website, girl? Don't you got, don't you got, don't you got a website? Thank you. Cause as you can see, my mind is. My website is alicianicole.com, um, spelled the same way, A-L-E-C-I-A, Nicole, N-I-K-O-L dot com, C-O-M. Um, yeah, so that's me. That's what I do. Um, I also have a, kind of a separate wing of my business where um, I uh, it's a leadership development wing where I'm focusing on um, really equipping leaders um, to make leaders and to make disciples. Um, and so I do that as well. Uh, it's called Seed Leadership. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do. Um, at the current time, I don't have any final thoughts. I think really just wanting to share with you all that we women specifically, we were built to carry this. We were built to do this. We were built for a time such as this. And so while you may be facing various circumstances, you may um, be dis- you may even be discouraged. You may be dealing with and grappling with rejection and disappointment, what we talked about a little bit earlier. You may be wondering why God has allowed varying things to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be unsure about how God will use you in this season, how God will use you for his glory. You may be unsure how God will use your story. A lot of us, a lot of times feel like, there's no way God can use my messed up story. Oof, um, mine's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to encourage you that you were built for this. Amen. Um, I just want to encourage you that not only were you built for this, but you were built for a time such as this. This is a season um, that has a Deborah anointing on it. Um, God is using women in a very unique way in this season. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you that you play a role in God's story, you play a role in this season. And um, if you give up now, there are people who, who, there are people who are assigned to your story. There are mm-hmm. people who are assigned to your journey. There are people who are assigned mm-hmm. to your voice. Mm-hmm. People's destinies very well could be delayed or deterred mm. if you give up now. My God. So I just want to encourage you to keep going, even if, you know, you got to ask God, God, drag me. Keep dragging drag me. me forward. Yes. Indeed. I don't have no energy to even crawl forward. Yeah. Drag That's me real. forward. forward. Um, I, I would encourage you, just don't stop. Whatever it takes, just don't stop. And if even if you, like I said to you earlier, I believe that we serve a God that course corrects. Mm-hmm. 
keep going forward. If, if the steps that you're taking forward are out of alignment with God, if you are intentional about your walk with him, mm -hmm. if you've truly committed your yes to him, he will course correct. Amen. Of course, correct. Mm -hmm. So you were built for this. You were built for this. That's how you get angered. You were built for this. Were there uh, any questions or comments on the live before we check out? We don't want to. We don't want to leave nobody hanging. Let me let me look. I've been keeping an eye on it. I don't see any. Okay. Uh, I think they were all kind of just like affirmations of things that we've already said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, praise God. I'm I'm thankful that you guys were able to glean from this. Um. So, you know, I just want to make sure that you guys know you can connect with Alicia. Um, you can also um, connect with me. Those of you guys who are um, probably on her live because I'm not on social media. I know it's terrible. <laughs> um, so you can connect with me. I have a website. Um, I'm a relationship coach, mindset coach, purpose coach. Um, that is one of the things I do. I have a ministry, Redefining Her, where um, I host um, events, networking events, different things, net, um, workshops to help equip women to um, get more centered focused in their goals and their purpose so they can more be streamlined to kind of get to that destination um, in, a, uh, in a purposeful manner. I'm always wanting to just encourage and uplift. You know, that's just like my main thing. I'm an exhorter. I'm an encourager. I'm a cheerleader. Anybody know me, they know that. I'm like, I'm in your corner. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. I got you. Um, so that's what I love to do. And that's what I do in my ministry. Um, and then, like I said, I, um, I have a coaching practice where I help women to um, redefine their worth and to um, be able to redefine their relationship so they can get that that wonderful, fruitful, amazing relationship that they desire. But the first relationship is going to be with God and yourself, right? If you if you can get those two relationships healthy um, and in order, then the other relationships, like the Bible says, all these other things shall be added, right? You seek ye the kingdom first. And so my main objective is always trying to get us back to a place where we have love unapologetically for ourselves. We can be who we are unapologetically. Um, my website is redefining a, no, redefining my words. I'm like, I got so many, it's terrible. It's redefiningmyworth.com. And then also uh, my ministry is Redefining Her. I am on LinkedIn um, at Janelle Renee. So you can look up, um, if you're on LinkedIn, you can um, check me on LinkedIn um, or you can email me at Janelle at redefiningmyworth.com. Um, those are ways you can um, connect with me and I would love to connect with you. I'm sure Alicia would love to connect with you, even if you just want some prayer, some encouragement, you know, whatever. We're sisters. And so we want to we want to encourage each other. We want to lock arms. We want to help pull our sisters up. Right. And so that's what it's really all about. So I just um, hope that you guys are blessed. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you.